Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What the Ruck, the Edge of the Crowd's dedicated Aussie Rules podcast, where we discuss and dissect the latest in the Aussie Rules world. My name is Rebecca Ruthman, and I'm joined by Danny Brown and Ellie McNerney this week. How are we doing? How did we feel about the men's footy this week? Um, yeah, it was obviously my team didn't get the win and it was quite disappointing to be at the game and watch it. But apart from that, there were a few um, good games this weekend. Um, so, yeah, great to yeah, be able to watch them from the comfort of my own home and not and um, have the flexibility to turn it off if I don't like it, unlike Saturday night. I tell you what, I am one happy girl with uh, my Crows women winning on Saturday and then my Essendon boys beating the Crows men on Sunday. So I am on cloud nine despite my own team losing. So, um, yeah, it it was a pretty uh, solid round, though. Some pretty interesting scorelines, I tell you that much. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get stuck into that shortly. And I, yeah footy was so good because I saw my first ever game at the MCG I'll get into that a little bit more but that was really really exciting and then obviously West Coast and Essendon managed to shake off the winless streak so that's also incredible and super exciting for supporters of those two teams um yeah they've gotten over that hurdle and hopefully they can just continue their seasons and continue on an upwards trajectory Anyway, so we're going to move on and we're going to do our clangers and hangers because everybody loves a hanger, but nobody likes a clanger. Um, If you haven't tuned in before, basically clangers are things we didn't like about the round, the lowlights and the hangers are everything we liked about the round. So a highlight. Um, Yeah. So Danny, let's start off with you. Um. Okay, my clanger, we'll start off with the bad news, get the bad news out of the way, as Ellie would say. Um, And it is a bit more of a pot shot at her. Um, The Bulldogs sucked. (laughs) I'm sorry, mate. (laughs) Okay, they were were average. I'll, I'll say that. They kicked seven goals, 19, and that's just poor. Like, that's worse than what the Crows women were during the season. Um, And... They had five of the top six disposal getters on the ground. And when you can't capitalise on such a huge effort, that's really disappointing. And I'm I'm seeing Ellie's face has dropped a little bit since I started talking about this. <laughs> um, but yeah. Flashbacks, I don't like it. <laughs> Just having mad war flashbacks. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like they had two 50-metre penalties for breaking the stand rule and that both resulted in goals for Richmond. So, um, yeah, a really disappointing um, result for them. I'm sure that there will be many things that they'll be looking at um, from the game, but it is, it hasn't been a great start to the season. And I'm allowed to say that because Essendon had the same win-loss ratio. Um, But yeah, really disappointing for the dogs. Their inaccuracy really did let them down. And actually, I think it could have got them the win if their goal kicking was better because that's a fair amount of shots on goal um, or scoring opportunities but we'll bring the mood back up um, Essendon beating the Crows is my hanger I am stoked because um, Blake Carousella was coaching uh, Truck was out with um, health and safety protocols so 
Um, it was awesome to see Kara at the helm. Um, he did have a quote earlier this, or he was quoted saying earlier in the week that I was drafted here at age 17 and now I'm senior coach for a week. So what a special moment for the 45-year-old. Um, and, and to get the first win of the season, you know, maybe. Do we, do we continue the, uh, the trend of new coaches getting the wins on the board? I don't know. But um, yeah, very, very stoked for them. And I'm also riding on the high of some great Essendon news that's just come through. We're recording on Monday night. Um, I know this is the men's podcast, but I would just love to say that I am thrilled that Maddie Prasparkas and Georgia G are moving from Carlton to Essendon for the very first AFLW side for Essendon. So uh, yeah, if you head to Twitter, you can see my reaction live as I was reading the news. <laughs> But yes, it's a it's a very good day for a great week for for Essendon fans. Um, Ellie, hit us with your clangor and hanger. All right, as um, Danny took my catchphrase, let's get the bad news out of the way first. Um, Port Adelaide, obviously, it wasn't the greatest um, night, and especially um, it being at home. I feel like I've used this saying before, but um, they were really torn apart by Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, it, they were first time in the club's history they were goalless at half time, and they almost went three quarters without kicking a goal. Their first goal came in the third quarter with only four minutes to go, um, thanks to a goal from um, Dan Houston. So, um, and it didn't help that they lost Ollie Wines, who unfortunately who had um, a few issues with his heart um, and was subbed off at a half before or just on half time. Yeah, so not a great start for Port Adelaide. They're obviously um Owen Owen four and then have the blues up next week who would be um not happy with their performance against the Suns. So um they'll be so both teams will I'm sure will be on their A game. So I'm sure that's going to be an interesting match. But my hanger um I was fortunate enough to see this live. Um Obviously not my team, but Jack Rewald. Um, on the siren, um, Jack, Jack had the ball. I think it was just outside 50, so about 55 metres. Um, and it was when I, it was going through my head, like at the time, like there's no way he's going to kick this. It's just sort of being a smart ass. Yeah, he went to kick it and then it's like, oh, sh oh crap, but he's actually going to like get the goal. And I swear all the Richmond fans went absolutely wild. It was... Um, yeah, it was so good to watch. And um, that equaled the his count, um, his goal-kicking count against his cousin, obviously, Nick Rewald. Um, and they interviewed him on the Fox footy post-match post show on um, Saturday night. And, um, yeah, Nick wasn't that happy about Jack equaling his goal-kicking record, um, his goal-kicking count. And, um, yeah, so obviously you'd love to see it taught, but not when your cousin kicks it is what I got from that. So, yeah, great. Um, great goal by Jack. And um, Beck, what about you? I feel like what you've just said flows on really nicely into my hangar, and it's that I experienced my first ever game at the MCG now. If you didn't know this, I'm from WA, so I don't go to the MCG a lot. Obviously, Optus Stadium is my stomping ground, but it was really good to get along to a Saturday night footy game. Um, a couple of my, like a couple of my friends that I've met online, they're Richmond supporters, so they got me tickets, they got me in a Richmond scarf, um, which I sent a photo to mum and she did not like it at all. Um, <laughs> but 
Yeah, it was really good. We had seats sort of on the bottom level close to their cheer squad and oh my goodness the atmosphere was electric like they were cheering they were like before the final siren went they were just chanting away they had a lot of Barmy army inspired chants which I thought was really good and I was able to sing along to them because I knew the tunes from watching the ashes all summer so it was great um, but before that, I was at Marvel Stadium and I saw the West Coast Collingwood game and that was it was such a good game to watch. And I was really happy to see um, West Coast get their first win on the board um, for the season. Obviously, um, I've been saying it all like, you know, all throughout preseason and the start of the season when it rains, it pours for West Coast, but they've managed to create a bit of sunshine in their season. So that was awesome. Um, and it's very different to the last time I saw West Coast play in Melbourne. It was in 2009. So 13 years ago, back when I was six, um, playing St Kilda and they were beaten by nearly a hundred points. So I left at halftime during that game because my grandmother's a very stubborn West Coast supporter and didn't want to stick around to see it. But yeah, it's good to finally see West Coast play a full game in Melbourne as well. Um, anyways, moving on to my clanger. Uh, yeah, my clanger. Um, it's the umpiring count in the Fremantle game. Now, I will preface this by saying that I think free kick counts don't really matter at the end of the day, unless it's very extreme, like the example I'm about to give. It matters when and where the free kicks are paid. Um, I think that's important to sort of remember as a football fan. Um, but the umpiring count in the Fremantle GWS game, which was, by the way, the Starlight match, so um, raising money for the Starlight Foundation, um, the free kick count was 42 to 16 in Fremantle's favour. So that's a 26 free kick differential between the two sides. And um, it's not great because it means that the game was over officiated and I'm firmly of the belief that if you want the game to be officiated fairly and you want you know you sort of want it to be objective you don't want it to be too heavily biased towards one side um but one of my favorite twitter accounts has the ump stuffed up um, actually said that that game was umpired well which I thought was really interesting given the free kick count um but yeah, you don't want games over-officiated like that. And to have a 26 free kick differential between two sides is a little bit extreme. And it does point to the fact that there may have been some questionable decisions. But yeah. I think, um, yeah, Leon Cameron's touched on it post-game saying that um, obviously GWS have to take some responsibility for it. Obviously there were a few um, undisciplined acts. So I think Brayden Pruce um, had five free kicks paid against him in the match. And um, he's out now um, out for a week after striking David Mundy during the third quarter. So obviously not, not a good day for him, but yeah, um, interesting to see. Cause I think four of the last five goals from Fremantle were um, given from free kicks inside 50. Yeah, it's, and it's those, free, like I said, like free kick counts matter if they're like heavily skewed to one side, but they also don't matter because it all matters when and where those free kicks are paid. And obviously if a team's going to get more free kicks inside 50, either the defenders need to start, you know, being a little bit more disciplined or it's just a little bit of luck, I guess. 
But anyways, moving on to that, because umpiring is a very intricate and highly debatable subject. Um, and I don't want to get stuck down this rabbit hole. So, so let's kick off with some of our round four talking points now. Peter Siddle got a hat trick on his birthday, but Josh Rochelle got a NAB Rising Star nomination on his birthday. So congratulations to him. And do we think this week he was deserving? What are we thinking, Danny? I think so. Um, he started off the season so strongly and he's been the breath of fresh air that the Crows have needed. He he really has been um, a bright spark for the Crows and really rejuvenated that forward line, particularly when um, Taylor Walker wasn't there. He was um, who the team relied on to kick the goals. So, yeah, no, nah, I think I think it was it is well deserved off the back of um, a great start to the season and if he didn't get it this week he would probably get it within the next next couple of weeks yeah and I think um round one um it was pretty much a flip of the coin between him and Nick Martin who would get the um rising star so it's sort of been a long time coming he's been consistent across um all three first games yeah it was it was an accumulative nomination and yeah, as we all said, it's been a long time coming. So next round, we have a bit of Good Friday footy. So it kicks off with the Western Bulldogs and North Melbourne. And then we head across the Great Australian Bight to West Coast and Sydney at Optus Stadium. So do we like Good Friday footy? What are we thinking? I love it personally. Um, Good Friday Although I am a Catholic, so I, I love getting to the footy on Good Friday, obviously. Um, it kicks off a um, pretty jam-packed Easter long weekend for some people. And um, although many people go away on Good Friday, um, having, the footy, um, having the footy is great and it's something to watch. And I've been, to, um, I've been lucky enough to be at um, all, I believe it was three of the Good Friday games that the Bulldogs have played in and the atmosphere there has been awesome, especially the one last year where they won by 100 points and Josh Bruce kicked 10. Um, but, yes, it, it's um, such a great day and um, the way they get behind the Good Friday appeal as well, especially at the North Melbourne um, Bulldogs game is awesome as well. So raising um, so much important funds for a great cause. Yeah, I don't really have an opinion on it, to be honest. Um, I I watch footy whenever it's put in front of me. Um, I, I feel like, though, uh, Good Friday, it's kind of, um, in our family at least, it is a family day. So that could mean watching the footy all together or it could mean doing something else. So um it's good it's good to have that option there and you know not everyone in Australia is religious we know it's a secular country um so yeah I guess it's um, a good way to take up a public holiday as well if you're not religiously inclined um I'll just add on to that as well like I also am a Catholic um but what I really like is the state like I know for Optus Stadium when they had the match in 2019 they really promoted, hey, we've got fish and chips. And like, obviously as a Catholic, like you don't eat meat on Good Friday. So they, you know, they really promote the fish and chips and they actually acknowledge that it is a religious holiday for some people. And they're really respectful about that. Um, so it's sort of inclusive yeah. to participate in Good Friday. Um, and those that don't really have any connection or attachment to what the actual holiday is about. So 
I personally don't see an issue with footy on Good Friday. I love it. It gives me something to do, something to look forward to at the end of the day. And yeah, overall, it's produced some pretty decent matches, I feel as well. So um, (laughs) we've sort of seen a couple of results this weekend. Um, Is the honeymoon over for the new coaches now? Um, Hawthorne got beaten by St Kilda by 69 points and in addition to that um, Carlton also lost their first game of the season to the Gold Coast Suns so is that sort of grace honeymoon period over? No I don't think one game defines a season or or how a how a coach is performing. Um, A few of those teams did play against average teams and a few of those teams played against strong teams so I think if you even it out and take an average uh the the new coaches are still on top there yeah it's an interesting one um obviously there was a lot of excitement about the three new coaches coming through and obviously doing so well and um I know in Collingwood's case, they were very much in um, the match against Geelong last week. They just ran out of steam and pretty much similar, but couldn't. they weren't accurate in front of goal um, against the Eagles, which is um, from watching Collingwood um, for quite a few years with my mum and two sisters supporting them. Um, yeah, I do know that that's been an issue um, for, for them for some time, so... That needs to be fixed up, but they um, are getting, they were missing a few players and they are getting them back um, or a few of them at least this week, but we'll touch on those later in the show. I think like looking at some of the stats from the game, um, I know that there was still lots of good areas for some of the teams, like looking particularly at the Gold Coast Suns Carlton game. Um, the Gold Coast Suns were smashed in the tackle count by Carlton. So it shows that they're still able to bring that pressure in that element of their game. Um, but where Carlton sort of lost it was in the rut because they were beaten in the hitouts quite significantly. So, um, yeah, it's just they've got these new coaches and they've got something right, but it's just making sure that they've got that well-rounded game to ensure that they're doing everything possible to get them over the top. Um, And finally, Max King, he kicked four goals on the weekend. Um, He's in in the lead for the Coleman. Can he hold on to it? I'm very happy about this. Um, I tipped Max King to kick the Coleman in our preview episode. And um, although after round one, I think he only kicked like the one goal and I was quite nervous, um, especially the way my um, AFLW leading goal kicker um, prediction went. Um, But, yeah, I think he's um, really improved this season. Um, I thought he was was great last season, but I think he's just taken a step um, forward in his career. And, yeah, he's been absolutely awesome for St Kilda, especially um, in those last quarters, because I think he's kicked about four average over the past three games, like four goals in the last quarter or something like that, which is massive. And um, a lot of St Kilda's games over the last few weeks have been won in that last quarter. So he's been instrumental in getting the Saints over the line. I love that he went from... He copped a bit of stick last season because he didn't have a great... He 
just didn't have a great start and he he was good but he wasn't great um but yeah he's gone from that to being called I mean last week we all saw Paddy Ryder's tweet about calling him the goat and I think to have that sort of praise from your teammate shows that you've got a absolute talent on your hands and you know there's plenty of positive signs and positive things to come um from for years beyond um we do have three people tied for second in the Coleman count obviously we've got Tom Hawkins on on the same level with Max King but Joe Danaher Mitch Lewis and Peter Wright are all one goal behind um and yeah I personally love to see two meter Peter up there and and kicking a bag. He's really found his spot as a key forward in Essendon's forward line. And it's great to see. And it pains me to say, but it's really good to see Joe Danaher back on his game as well. Um, he When he had his last couple of years at Essendon, he sort of lost it a little bit. And even last year, it wasn't his most uh, memorable goal-kicking year, but he started it off really well this year. Um, and I, I do like to see him succeed. He was one of my favourite players when he was a bomber and when he left, it broke my heart. But, um, yeah, I, I do like to see him succeed. And Mitch Lewis is just such a staple of our game, isn't he? So um, good to see him him up and about early on this season too. I love that it's a mix of old and young in the top five um, because you've yeah. obviously got Tom Hawkins, who's a se- like he's a seasoned veteran, and then you've also got Joe Danaher there as well. But Max King, Mitch Lewis and Peter Wright, they're all still like young enough to be classified as young. So it's really good to see that combination and sort of see the future of the game up there among the likes of Tom Hawkins and Joe Danaher. So moving on to some cu- a couple of preview points. Um, first of all, um, we have lost three pretty big names in the game in Nick Natanui, Buddy Franklin and Jamie Elliott to injuries. Um, yeah. What are these injuries? Well, Buddy Franklin seems to be the, the smaller of the three injuries there. He broke his finger during the game and he sat himself on the bench for the most of the second half. Um, so that's a bit disappointing for him. Um, we know how strong his marks are and a finger injury. As as someone else who has a potentially broken finger, um, I know know the pain that it is and how frustrating it can be. Like, dude, trying to pull your pants up after you've been to the toilet is ridiculous. Um, and I don't even have a splint on, so I can't imagine what he would be going through. Um, but yeah, that's real frustrating. Um, Jamie Elliott, unfortunately, he is out for um a couple of months now he's done an ac joint so that's um quite a long recovery as well um you know who who kind of steps in as the as the star forward there um beck do you want to tell tell the people about nick nat's injury i wish i didn't have to tell people about it but i will um Nick Natanui has done another knee injury. It's not an ACL, thank goodness, because we all know how painful and annoying those are to recover from and how long you spend out of the game. Instead, it's um, an MCL, so it'll still keep him out of the game, um, which is sad to see because he's one of the game's premier um, ruckmen. 
but yeah, um, you coincidentally, the last time he did a knee injury was also against Collingwood um, in Victoria. So it's it's a bit of a shame for him. Um, and as well, it's sort of the last thing West Coast needs, given that they've got such a young um, contingent of rucks after Nick Natanui and there's none that have sort of played more than 25 games. Um, but, yeah, it's not great for West Coast given the context of their season. Yeah, um, I think as well both um, Nick Nat and Jamie Elliott have also, like, suffered a lot of injuries over the past few years. I know Nick Nat has at least two previous knee injuries and um, as someone who suffers from a knee injury as well, I know how hard they are um, mentally to get back from. Um, and then Jamie Elliott, I think it was like he spent basically two years out of the game just from, I think it was a back injury at the time. So, um, yeah, it's not easy, obviously spending a lot of time on the sidelines, but um, hopefully they come back bigger and stronger. Yeah. But that does have some implications for the upcoming matches now. We spoke about Nick Nat and Buddy Franklin earlier. Um, they're both huge losses for their side. They're sort of the big men, the big marketable players that both teams use. Um, so, yeah, it has a lot of interesting team discussion coming up. So, historically, Buddy has played very well at Optus Stadium. I remember sitting at the first game ever played there and he kicked a bag on us and then he played against Fremantle last year and he kicked a bag on them and... He just overall has a very good record at Optus State. And, it, and if he was to play there, um, it wouldn't surprise me if he kicked another bag. Um, but that means the local WA boy, Logan McDonald, does have a chance to come in. So that's super exciting. Um, we saw what he could do in his draft year in the waffle. Um, and he had a pretty solid season last year as well from the few games he did play. Um so, yeah, it'll be good to see him get an opportunity, um, despite the fact it is at the loss of such a star of the game. But I mentioned earlier, there's a bit of a dilemma at West Coast. Um, Nick Natanui obviously has his knee, and I mentioned that we've got sort of three rucks in line next. So we've got Bailey Williams, who's sort of said to be um, Nick Nat's successor. Um, but then we've also got... Luke Stranatica, who was signed on in the supplementary pick period, and Callum Jamison, who has been on West Coast's list for a couple of years um, and debuted against North Melbourne, albeit out of position. Um, so Bailey Williams is the obvious pick, but I wonder if they'll go um, and see if what someone like Luke Stranatica could do, um, given that he played super well in the waffle and he was arguably the best ruck in the waffle competition um for the past couple of seasons um Hugh, Hugh Dixon did have a go in the ruck too yeah um he he held his own I mean obviously it's no easy feat going up against Brody Grundy for sure um so yeah I can see maybe Bailey Williams coming in and doing all the main rucking but then going to rest forward and then having Hugh Dixon have a shot as well. So just rotating those two through the forward line. Um, but there's another chance for an in um, in the Sydney West Coast game. Danny, would you like to enlighten us or Ellie? 
I will happily do it because he is a local boy for me. Um, Matt Roberts was picked up in the draft uh, at the end of last year. Um, he is originally from Langwon Creek, played for South Adelaide. And um, he worked on the street and this person on the street happens to be his father, uh, said that he was meant to actually make his debut for um, a couple of weeks ago, but then he was listed as a close contact. And so that scrapped that idea completely. How rough, that sucks. Um, but yeah, he, he made his return on Saturday in the VFL and uh, picked up 32 disposals, eight clearances, five inside 50s. So um, that's a pretty impressive effort. And um, the games before his um, isolation, he did really well as well. I think he had 18 possessions before halftime. So um, real impressive stuff that he's been able to produce in the VFL. Um, so maybe, just maybe, we see him make his debut this weekend, um, which I know that there would be a lot of Creek people getting around. There's no, um, there's no local footy this weekend, so everyone can fly over for it. Um, but yeah, thrilled for him. It's um, a real good opportunity for him. And I always love to see people make their debut in the year that they're drafted. So fingers crossed that Maddie gets a run. Fingers crossed indeed. And also um, some selection news or some good news for Collingwood. Ellie, would you like to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so um, although they're losing Jamie Elliott, they do regain Jordan Dugowie from suspension. So he's a good option to fill that role um, up forward. Um, obviously needs to get a few more on the scoreboard than he has in the previous weeks. Um, Nathan Kruger comes back, another local boy for Danny. Um, he was great on club debut. I think he kicked, he kicked two goals um, from memory, but unfortunately injured his shoulder. Um, Jordan Roughhead comes back from injury, so another um, king, kingpin in the Collingwood's defence and Taylor Adams returns from um, COVID health and safety protocols. So, um, so not some some not so great news um, out of Port Adelaide regarding Ollie Wines. Obviously, it was very scary what happened and... You don't want to see that sort of stuff happening. Obviously, he had some heart issues and that was really, really scary. Um, so it's unlikely he will be back. I think they'll take a very cautious approach with him. Um, but in saying that, Aaliyah Aaliyah is meant to make a comeback against Carlton this week. And Aaliyah Aaliyah, like, he had such a good season last year, dominated the air, um, and dominated the air so much, he actually earned himself an All-Australian Blazer. So he'll be a huge in um, for Port Adelaide, especially given that they're up against Carlton and they have um, the likes of Harry McKay up forward, who can be quite dangerous. Yeah, so they're going to need that sort of defender to thwart the attacks and sort of shut down those forwards that do have the potential to be incredibly dangerous. And as you touched on before, um, it's probably a good week for for um, Paul Adelaide to get him back because especially um, Carlton do have that sort of twin tower approach um, with, as you mentioned, Harry Mackay, but also um, Charlie Kernow as well, who's had a magnificent return from a long long run of injuries as well as um, Jack Silvani also um, making an impact on the scoreboard as well. So definitely a good week. Um for Paul Adelaide to get him back, but just um, hopefully he's all good to go because we don't want to see players rush back and then 
minutes out of the game for longer than they need to be. But I'm, I'm sure the medical team at Port Adelaide are putting him through his paces so he's all good to go um, for the game. He's really ahead of schedule. Like he's listed to be another two to three weeks out. So that's really impressive on both him and his dedication to the rehab, but also the, you know, staff behind the scenes that are helping him get through that rehab too. So that's exciting. Um, I did see just on um, Ollie Wines going back to um, what what was said about him um, and his heart. Um, it was heart palpitations. Uh, he said today that he is feeling um, much better um, or he's, he feels fine is what he said. Um, but he does just have to um, have to see some cardiologist. <laughs> um, he does have a few more tests with the cardiologist and um, he won't actually play against Carlton, but um, may, may go the next week. Um, and to wrap up the round and I guess our preview, just quickly talking about the Easter Monday match, staple of the fixture, everyone loves to watch it, Hawthorne versus Geelong. Um, Hawthorne had a pretty rough loss against St Kilda, lost by 69 points, um, but Geelong, they won a real nail-biter against Brisbane. So I guess what are the key matchups? What are we looking forward to um, with the Easter Monday match? I think I just love it's always guaranteed to be a close match, like no matter where each team is on the ladder. Um, while there is some great matchups on the field, I just love the um, Easter Monday clash. Um, the fact that it is always such a close game, no matter um, how well or how not so well um, either Geelong or Hawthorne are, it's always promising to be a great match like it was last year. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how Hawthorne rebound from their loss. Um, they did start the season pretty solidly with the with the two wins, and then to to go down on the weekend probably it's quite disappointing. Um, we know that they've had some off field issues as well over the last week or so. Um, so yeah, I wonder if the players will be able to get back up and about and uh, and get the win on the board. It is their home game. Um, but yeah, Geelong seemed to be doing pretty well as well um, in the in the grand scheme of things. So uh, yeah, looking forward to a really tight contest. If there's one thing Sam Mitchell knows how to do, it's galvanise a group and pick them up whenever they're a little bit down. Um, like obviously I'll always talk about 2018 being a West Coast supporter, but the way he sort of changed and really drove that midfield group um, was amazing to see. So yeah, um, let's hope he sort of has that similar effect on the Hawthorne playing group. And I think that leaves our round uh, preview in a really lovely spot. So we can now move on to our quick fire tips. So for those of you who haven't tuned in before, quick fire tips, um, I read out the team, the venue, um, and yeah, you tell us who we think will win. Uh, no reason, no justification or none of that fancy stuff. All right, so let's start off with Brisbane and Collingwood on Thursday night at the Gabba. Who have we got? Ellie. Brisbane. 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 Then we've got North Melbourne versus the Bulldogs at Marvel Stadium. Who are we going for, Danny? Oh, Bulldogs just... Um, Bulldogs. 
I might have to go with the Bulldogs too. And then we've got West Coast taking on Sydney at Optus Stadium. Who do we think is going to bring home the chocolate? Sydney. Yeah, Sydney. Sorry, back. I'm going to go West Coast, keep the winning streak rolling. Um, and then we've got St Kilda and the Gold Coast Suns at Marvel Stadium kicking off Saturday's football. Who have we got, Ellie? Ooh, um, St Kilda. Suns. Let's go for the upset. I'm going to go St Kilda. And then we have got Adelaide Crows hosting Richmond in Adelaide. Um, next up, who is going to take out the win here, Danny? Crows. Yep, Crom. I'm going to go Richmond. Probably the sensible tip. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing um, sensible about my tipping at the moment. <laughs> moving on to the final match on Saturday, we've got Melbourne and GWS at the MCG. Who's taking it out here, Ellie? Melbourne. I'm going to go the D's as well. And then kicking off footy on Easter Sunday, we have Carlton and Port Adelaide at the MCG. Who's going to win here, Danny? Um, I hope Carlton win. <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, blues for me. I'm going to go Carlton as well. Um, give Ligon Street something to celebrate or the second week in a row. They're going um, absolutely nuts at the moment. Oh, I don't blame them after Ferrari. But anyway, F1 talk belongs on another place. Um, <laughs> the penultimate game of the round, the Bombers and Fremantle at Marvel Stadium. Who's going to take it out, Danny? Let's go, you dons. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Fremantle for me. I'm going to go with the Dockers as well. And then wrapping it up on Easter Monday, the Hawthorne and Geelong clash at the MCG. Who is taking it home, Ellie? Geelong. Yeah, Geelong. Geelong as well. And that wraps up our quick fire tips and it wraps up our podcast for the week. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, yeah, we hope you enjoyed it and be sure to come back for our AFLW episode, which is coming out later this week. We'll talk about the grand final, the season, all of the news that has just unfolded on Monday night um, regarding teams and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, be sure to tune in. Any final comments, girls? Go dogs. Go Bombers. Han Eagles and also, yeah. Sad I'm leaving Melbourne, but it was great to see footy there. Thank you for having me, Marvelin and the MCG. And also, thank you for the people that came with me. I would have been completely screwed trying to find my way around the stadiums. Um, yeah, so a huge shout out to those people. They know who they are. This has been What The Ruck. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at What The Ruck Pod as part of the Edge of the Crowd Network. You can also find us at Edge of the Crowd on Instagram and Twitter too. And of course, our website, www.edgeofthecrowd.com. Thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you later.